Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And this episode we have Uncle Jesse, a.k.a. Jesse Louder. Producer. He's really, he's Uncle Jesse before he's actually Jesse Louder. Kind of interesting. Producer, guitarist, uh, DJ, uh, director. He's he's very uh, closely attached with uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band's uh, latest DVD. He produced and directed it. We talk about that. Go ahead, Seth. You forgot one title. He's a he's he's a mensch. He is a mensch. He's a mensch among menches. So. We're going to get into a fun episode. Really uh, appreciate his time in uh, setting aside on a Sunday afternoon to chat with us. Really enjoyable chat. Uh, We probably could have talked for hours upon hours and and, and, uh, look forward to having him back on in the future. But Rob, before we get into the show, it may very well be May. But let's not forget, we just passed through April. And just because things are extended, you're going to have to get your taxes done at some time. And even if you have no money right now, you need to get financially fit. And who is there to help you do that, Rob? Pole and Clark. PoleClark.com. Check them out. You want someone in your camp in these changing economic environments. Everything is changing very fast. You want your investments in line. You want them balanced out so that no matter what the market does, you're covered. But, you know, maybe there's some opportunities too. You want to strengthen yourself. And, you know, with all the different changes, I mean, gosh, if anyone's a small business owner, you know, it was, what are we going to do with the PPP, the EDIG, the da ba da ba da ba da ba da da Paul A. Clark was there. Their staff uh, was paying attention uh, to the ever-changing rules and regulations and what's going on. So they're there for your business. Uh, and in particular, the entertainment businesses were looking at you. Hey, Rob. What's more entertaining than a podcast? And what is a better place to go for podcasts than Osiris Media? A great community of music lovers, uh, those who, uh, who look at it as more of an amusement, not just an amusement, Seth, who, 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 have an, who have an intellectual curiosity as well. OsirisPod.com. You can see all the podcasts, uh, videos, uh, all the stuff they've got going on over there. And there is a lot. Osiris is just, I mean, I feel like someone went in, into Osiris and just, just put the pedal to the metal. I mean, have you, have you watched 420 Live yet, Rob, with our boy Kraz? Not Kraz, <laughs> Jeff Kravitz. Oh, Kraz, no, not yet. Lots of Kraz. It's really great. It's a Facebook live stream, 420 Pacific time. So what's that, 720 our time? He's had some really great guests on. Uh, well, you know, if you want to go back, you can look. Uh, he had Tom Marshall, which was a fun one because – uh, Jeff, who's a photographer, uh, is a big fan also of fish. And so there's a lot of good nuggets in that episode. Uh, but, you know, he had Portugal the Man. Uh, he had a member of the Talking Heads. He had actors. He's, an, he's a really, really well-known photographer. 420 Live. Definitely check it out. Again, OsirisPod.com. What have you been listening to? I love Southern Songs and Stories. Joe Kendrick, who is uh, the host and the man behind the, the majority of the material on there. He is also associated with WNCW, a station I listen to, even though I don't live anywhere near Spindale, North Carolina. I particularly listen to it on Wednesday nights. It has a lot of, uh, you know, it has a Grateful Dead hour, and then it has rare, a lot of rare recordings from, you know, old classic rock bands to jam bands to unusual stuff. Really, really well done. But, um, and I also wrote an article on Southern Songs and Stories that was in Jam Base recently. And his most recent uh, episode is with Chatham County Line. Check that out. Southern Songs and Stories hosted by Joe Kendrick. And Seth, at the end of this episode, we are going to do a quick outro and we're going to talk about your variety show for Positive Legacy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that took place last night and we'll be back in a week. And uh, uh, not this Monday coming up, the Monday after. So what's that? The 25th, the day after my yeah. birthday, Rob. That's uh, great. And but for now, I have a nice little gift for you already. And uh, let's go right on over. Take us to the interview, Seth. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... It's Uncle Jesse!
Rob, we're joined by a very, very special guest here today, Rob. Seth, he is a music producer, an engineer, a mixer, a rock doc concert film director and producer, and he is a guitarist himself. He's Uncle Jesse. (laughs) Most recently, he's been doing these wonderful quarantine dance parties that are interactive. We'd love to start there. Quarantine. Quarantine. I'm sorry. Could you tell us about those? Because that's part of the whole Osiris media wonderfulness that we are also a part of. But not only did he start this, Rob, I mean, he came... I mean, it was like it was like within two weeks of quarantine. It was like boom. <laughs> yeah, was it something you were thinking about doing already? In it, and then this just sort of accelerated it. Oh no! First off, hi guys. Hey Jesse, uh, uh, Uncle hi. Jesse. Hi. Um, no, nah, you know, not in the slightest. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I was gonna do it immediately. Really, what it was uh, was I, I it was like a Saturday afternoon, um, and towards the end of March and I just started playing music on Mixler. Um, what's, I, what's that? I, Mixler? Yeah. Yeah. It's Mixler. one of those, uh, audio streaming sites. And I, I went for like eight hours one, like this one Saturday after. Keep in mind he was in um, New York city, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I actually used to DJ on college radio on Saturday afternoons. I had a reggae radio show, which, and which, I just, which station? Uh, it was WNYU, oh, right uh, NYU's, yeah, NYU's radio station. So I've, I've always had this affinity for listening to the radio on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and I just, you know, I was going for it. And uh, I, it was Tom Marshall who he was, I texted him the link and he hit me back and was like, we should do something like this uh, with Osiris and make it a dance party. We made it a dance party the next week. And it's become this more produced thing that's really been amazing you know lots of people show up um young very young and old very old and uh you know i play mostly for for this like the the eight hour was sort of like a a free radio sort of thing it was kind of like you know like there's no boundaries of what i was playing i was doing like weird jazz and uh you know space disco and now it's mostly like a dance party something that can keep people energized moving in their living rooms, bedrooms, whatever, uh, and be able to connect with their friends and family. And we should we should add real quick, Seth, and no repeats, right? I I broke that I broke that recently. Yeah. You, just last night, <laughs> it would have to be just last night, right? Yeah, yeah, basically yesterday. Yep, that's pretty good. How yeah. many? Wait, real quick, how many have you done without repeats? Oh my god! I mean, there's like at least thirty songs a set. I think I've done seven, so two hundred and ten. That, uh, that's pretty songs, cool. Yeah. I love it. Sorry, Seth. I wanted to get that in there. No, that's okay. So, uh, and each week he uh, features a special guest, as uh, you know, like he had DJ Airwolf, local Chris Watson, absolutely, uh, my brother, with, uh, technical difficulty Watson, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, and then Quarantina, Quarantina, Quarantina. My friend Alexa Alianello. She, she's amazing, by the way. I, I, she's got such great uh, energy. Totally, and her production is like out of control. She's um, she's really become a DJ over the last six months. Uh, I know her through the the greater fish scene, and just a wonderful person and very talented. Definitely a different vibe than me, more of the late night sort of thing. And uh, yeah, she's been killing it. And uh, she's got like she, she's in quarantine. Quarant- quarantine as well right but yes. she's always got people there was that her husband keep or, your quarantine like straight she's got a party over there <laughs> she's got a fiance yeah steve steve martocci Shout oh out that's to- steve yeah steve yeah. part of the osiris family as well um it's all I thought he looked familiar all interconnected okay and then we've had guests. And Eric, last night we had eric krasno the week before we had marco benevento um so some musician dj guest slots and then with, and there's two options now right now so folks you can go to quarantine train.com or dot, live dot was it? live dot live dot live mm-hmm. and there's two options you can join in through zoom mm-hmm. and then you could also uh just listen to the high-end audio now the audio is going through twitch, twitch or is it yeah we're using a twitch channel for that yeah but then so most people are listening on the high-end audio and then dancing but somehow the zoom and the high-end audio they're, are they synced they're they're getting close yeah we've we've got it kind of figured out uh i'll give props to steve martucci for that one as well he's the tech wizard behind the whole thing he, and... he is quite the tech wizard <laughs> and yeah no i think it's like down to two seconds or something anyway we know that the zoom audio quality isn't great we project the best that we can through zoom but yeah if you just disable your computer audio from the zoom and you have 
the Twitch going in the background, that's going to be the better audio. So, and is anyone managing the Zoom uh, connection in terms of who's going to be oh, yeah. oh, screen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I tell mean, us about that. Yeah, there's a there's a Soul Train vibe to the whole thing. It's like kind of like a, a digital jumbotron, uh, and we have Ellie Tishberg is doing it, and Mike Buckner uh, from the Live Fish team. Um, Ellie, who directs a lot of the fish broadcasts, he. He's quarantined as well. Mike's quarantined as well, and they've been doing the hosting, and they've been picking people to be on the uh, the Zoom train. So, yeah. Now, were you alluding before to overcoming latency, which is the uh, yes. Now, now Bob Weir had the interview Friday with with the guys, and he said that they're working on well, hey now that they're working on a way where musicians can actually perform live. We've seen really cool stuff. Speaking of Krasno, he's done some of the best stuff, but all that's pre recorded, and people are laying over tracks. Apparently. They're getting very close to being able to perform as a band live in front of our eyes. Have you heard anything well, about you know, this? I haven't heard anything about this, but I'm sure it's going to be uh, sure well, it's going to hey. be great. You know, uh, we'll figure, we're going to get it. Like Pano, you know, Pano was great. My friend Neil made Pano. We're going to. Oh, isn't it the Jam Box also? I mean, but the problem, Jam, Rob, Jam Kazam, the thing great is company. Taking, if we just if we just, if, if if we just take a short break, it'll be working like a Swiss watch in just a bit. They can get it, but as soon as somebody's. Uh, you know, Comcast goes down on them or, you know, the Excuse latency me? is not always a software base, you know? And take another millisecond back. <laughs> and another millisecond back. <laughs> My computer's done um, barked its little heart out. We're going to fix it. Well, but you're, you know, Jesse, you're an innovator here because I noticed ever since you got this thing going and it started, let's say, people, people let's just say people hopped on the train because last night Andy Frasco did a dance party on uh, fans.com, which right. has shifted into a live thing and, you know, very much reminded me of what you developed. Well, thanks. I mean, I'm, I don't think I really innovated much. I appreciate that. Uh, but Innovated you know, hey, the idea. The idea. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it from you. And that's very sweet and generous, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a special thing at the end of the day. It's a, an amazing way for people to connect. It's fun. Uh, I can't believe, you know, the situation of the world, like everyone else. And it's just a way for people to release in these crazy, crazy times. Now, one, one last follow-up question, then Rob, I'll hand it over to you. Uh, how do you, you know, you're playing copyrighted music. So how do you get around that? Uh, it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, Rob, uh, take you know it. What? I, I'm going to talk to my lawyer, Matt Wilson. <laughs> but I know that he guy. Happens to be, no, he happens to be right here. No, I was kidding. <laughs> and real, real quick, let's uh, say also that Andy Frasco uh, has his own singular personality to bring to the table, too. So Absolutely. While he's oh, certainly, yeah. certainly borrowing, he's definitely got his own thing going. Yeah, I, I got to talk about Tedeschi Trucks Band, yes. the Fox and Oak, and the sure. brilliant, brilliant DVD. And first of all, I notice you're listed as a director and a producer. Does mm -hmm. that mean that you are on site uh, helping or helping choose the shots that you'd be selecting from? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, well, we could take it. We should probably take it back a little bit. Okay. You know, it's funny. Um, kind of interesting how that project came together and how I started working with them. Uh, it actually began with the Mad Dogs and Englishmen uh, uh, tribute set that they did at Lock. -in. I know it well. I know you're working on something with that too. We'll talk about that later. But go ahead, sorry. We'll for sure. Well, if we can, we can get to that. But I started working on that before I started working. Ah. Yeah, and basically because I was in the middle of the Mad Dogs project and still in the middle of it. Um, Derek and Susan liked what I was doing on rough edits of the Mad Dogs project and asked me if I wanted to do um, the Live from the Fox Oakland shoot. And yeah, as a producer, director, uh, and uh, an editor of, 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 the, of the piece, I actually brought on a co-director, one of my dear old friends, Grant James. He was my co-director and co-producer, co-editor on the project. Um, yeah, we basically souped to nuts, uh, you know, hired the crew based in uh, the Bay Area, figured out our look, our aesthetic, and kind of figured out what this, you know, concert film would be. How did we want it to be different than just, you know, your standard concert film? There's a little bit of a documentary element to it, but it's mostly a show. Really focuses in on complete performances. Uh, and fortunately, it was funny revisiting that recently because we aired it. They've been doing the Thursday night uh, uh, Swamp Family TV on Facebook and YouTube, and we decided to rebroadcast it. Yeah, I loved it. And I watched every minute. Uh, Awesome. Bonus yeah, tracks, we, too. 
the bonus material was a lot of fun to put together. So, so we, we opened up the, uh, the archive on that one and, uh, and yeah, it just brought back great memories of when we were all able to get together and do things. <laughs> you know, but are you doing are you doing other episodes? Uh, episode, but are you doing other um, editing for them now? Um, for like other uh, other stuff that they're yeah. Let's hold on. Let's let's stay on this, and then we'll get on to the other stuff. Now, gotcha. one of the things about the uh, the show uh, Alam Khan sat in on Sarod, and it yes. just sounds beautiful. Is it a challenge to to Mike? an instrument like that and, and have it balance well with the other instruments. Is there something, does a source recording have to be done in such a way so that you have enough room to manipulate it after the fact? You know, it's interesting. I did, I personally was not the audio engineer of the Oakland uh, oh, okay. um, show, which is, which is interesting though. But my, my relationship with the band has actually developed beyond just working on video. I'm now actually doing audio archival mixing for them. Um, so a lot of the, the shows they've been putting up on Nugs.net, I've been doing the mixing and mastering of them because my background isn't, uh, wasn't initially in film. It's in studio work and recording and making records. And, um, so it's just because I've become so involved and enmeshed in the Tedeschi trucks family that they like learned, Oh, he's also an audio engineer. And so I've started to do that sort of thing with that project though. I didn't do the audio for it, Derek. Bobby Tees and Brian Spicer, who are the Brian and Bobby are like the production heads of the Tedeschi Trucks band. Uh, Brian does front of house, Bobby does monitors, and runs Derek and Susan's uh, studio in Jacksonville. Uh, they did the audio for that. Um, but yeah, but in any situation when you mic like an old instrument and or with like a large band, it's certainly difficult. But I mean, honestly, like my my our two cents is simplicity, making sure you mic with like something really direct. Uh, I think it's like a DPA sort of microphone on it. I'm not entirely sure. I would, my feeling would be is that he brought his own microphone, something that he, he's used to, uh, you know, using in these sort of scenarios. But you're very involved with the visual stuff. Like you were on site saying, Hey, I need to sort of out of this oh, and yeah. that. We, yeah, totally. I picked, we picked the camera crew, pick positioning. We're TDing backstage, you know, moving people, deciding to, you know, okay, that guy's position's not working. Let's send him into the audience. And then I actually, for that uh, whole show, for the primary film, I cut all the concert bits, and then Grant did a lot of the finishing work on the concerts. Um, I've totally, I have this like total affinity for cutting live performance. I love it. It's very musical and a lot of fun to do for me. So that was like a great first, you know, thing for me to release into the world of like concert editing. Um, but and, and Grant did a lot of the documentary stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I chose like kind of like the look and like how I felt like, you know, okay, this camera's working here. Uh, you know, timing is a huge thing, especially with a band like that when you have so many instruments on stage, so many layers, um, and there's so many things to feature. Um, you know, you have to be, you know, a little, you have to know where to pick and choose where you want to move the, move the visual. So yeah. And now you're informed on the band. You have that benefit of that experience as you go back. Mm -hmm. To the Mad Dogs and Englishmen, which I don't know how many people know about this, but the De Tedeschi Trucks band at Lockin with a ton of guests, and that's going to be a nightmare getting all the rights. It's kind of their thing, you know. Yeah, but they did. They reinvented the Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Uh, they didn't redo. They they performed a large set of songs associated with that tour, a tour that sold out everywhere and didn't make money. Legendary tour. Is it true that initially that it was supposed to happen the year before, and that Joe Cocker was really interested in actually doing it? Sadly, Joe in the interim year passed away. But is it true that he was discuss? It was discussed that he would be there. Rob, where do you get this information from? <laughs> so well informed. Don't worry, he knows your fourth grade teacher's name too. Yeah, Mrs. Burkhart. She's a great lady. <laughs> Yeah, she's in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, yeah, it's pretty public at, at, at this point that Joe uh, and his camp was in touch with Tedeschi Trucks. It wasn't going to be the Mad Dogs, though, with Joe. Oh, I didn't realize Tedeschi that. Trucks. Okay, I didn't it know was that. Gonna be, uh, it was going to be Joe with Tedeschi Trucks. Who knows if that would have mutated into, okay, well, we should invite Leon, too. But that, that was, it was potentially going to be Joe Tedeschi Trucks. Joe sadly passed away. And then they made it a Mad Dogs tribute. They, and when Leon said yes, I mean, the floodgates opened up at that point. And they basically got every living Mad Dog uh, to perform with them, uh, bar a few who didn't want to travel or didn't want to have any interest. How, but, hard, was you know, it, when, how hard was it to get Leon to say yes? I don't think it was that hard for Derek to do that because he, uh, he because Leon was such a huge fan of Tedeschi Trucks and they had performed together before. And uh, 
you know, that watching Leon for that week interact with Derek and Susan was pretty remarkable. And then me having to rewatch it over and over again over the past several years <laughs> like, and, yeah. and editing and just like seeing how he just lit up around them. You know, it was amazing. Do any Leon but, moments stick out in your head? Oh my God. So many I've got. Uh, he, so for me, like directing this mad dogs and Englishman project, which I, I have to be uh, a little wise about how I, uh, you know, promote it right now because news is to come on it okay you know, it will be out it, it, you know we we've, we've told people it's going to be out um we're not saying when but soon uh so effectively this is leon, one of the last things leon did before he passed away uh i'm a huge fan of leon russell i mean he's like on my mount rushmore so when i was going into it you know i was definitely like i don't know if i would say i was starstruck but i was like okay i'm in the presence of you know one of my icons i need to you know be mince my words be really careful around him and stuff like that so i like i I definitely you know greeted him throughout the week with respect and and space because obviously the most important thing when you're filming something like this when the stakes are so high is to you know let the artists do their thing like you know we have we have a film crew but fortunately it was like a skeleton crew and that sort of worked out for this project because if it's too intrusive then they're they put up their guard right away right a hundred percent and there's so there were so many people there to begin with i mean like i don't know if if you said this in your intro to the mad dogs but people don't know what mad dogs was it was a tour in 1970 where joe cocker needed a band hired leon russell to put a band together for him and leon basically invited 50 people to go on the road (laughs) (laughs) and their entourages biggest guest list ever oh huge guest list a hundred percent. Wow. And, and the music reflects that it's like the biggest, it, it's like gospel, soul, rock and roll. Fantasia. It's Kanye. It's, it's Kanye before Kanye. <laughs> definitely. It, it's in that chain of the spirituality and the church of rock and roll. No question about it. Um, for me, it's on my top shelf. It's a part of the, the mad dogs and Englishmen was a part of the reason why Derek and Susan formed the Tedeschi trucks band. Um, Chris Robinson obviously cites it as one of his all time favorites. Um, you know, and, and there's a documentary about it. So a lot of people learned about those shows because of the original concert film. That's how I learned about it. They reissued that DVD in 2005. I had never heard of it. I watched it. Changed my life. But and, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, but but you're doing the you're doing this editing. Well, I mean, did you know video editing or did you learn it for all this? I'm just it seemed or is it very similar to audio engineering? I did. I did like some you know i was like in film in high school and i you know definitely dabbled a little bit as needed for you know band projects and things like that but no i i wasn't like a a film editor um and mind you i hired like a proper editor for the mad dogs film uh, did you guys see did you guys see the big star documentary i have not sounds good i'd like to see that yeah, no, it's an amazing film. It's called uh, Nobody Can Hurt Me. Uh, the director of that film and editor, Drew DiNicola, he's editing. He edited the the uh, Mad Dogs film, um, I, and I did the concert editing for the. Mad gotcha. Dogs now, on your website, you have a video section, and there's several different videos in there. Are are you doing different parts of those videos, like from audio to editing, or is it mostly audio? Yeah, I, that's sort of like a hodgepodge of like some of it's things I've directed. Like I know that there's definitely a few of the Tedeschi Trucks uh, Oakland bits up there. Um, other pieces are like, you know, music videos for songs that I've produced and, and mixed and mm-hmm. recorded. Yeah. Which is like a 1,428 or 27, I forget. How many songs you produce? <laughs> I've, I've lost count, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, I don't know, Rob. Did I finish any, any, everything you wanted to know about Mad Dogs? Well, sure, but there's more things to talk about. There's, uh, <clears throat> as an old crusty Bob Dylan fan, these tribute albums come out and Quite frankly, we can get sick of hearing some of the same songs over and over again. And I was oh, delighted yeah. when you put one out that f- focused on his, in my opinion, grotesquely underappreciated work in the 80s. We actually talked about Property of Jesus with Neil Casal when we interviewed him not long before we lost him. Um, I thought he did a wonderful job oh. with that track. This woman. Did you, talk, did, you guys, did you guys talk together about recording that song? Yeah. Oh, man. And, I, oh. and how I feel the meaning of the song, and he agreed with me, goes beyond... Jesus, if you look at the lyrics, it's not necessarily a religious song. Right. Although it certainly can be interpreted as one. That's one way it can be interpreted. But mm. but yeah, and then this woman, I was just listening to the Covenant woman with Hannah. T- tell Hannah us Cohen. about her, Hannah. Um, Hannah Cohen, yeah, she's amazing. You know we are strangers in a land we're passing through. 
uh, she's actually having a little bit of a moment, like, over the last year. Uh, I was actually, I was in London with Tedeschi Trucks and uh, went to the rough trade, the original rough trade, like, on my day off and saw a poster of her in there. I was like, oh, my God. I took a photo of it. Like, you're big in the UK. Uh, She's an incredible singer who I've known for a long time uh, and uh, just... uh, totally unique voice and that version of covenant woman has uh thomas bartlett the dove man uh on piano and basically he kind of produced that track uh tom from my morning jacket plays bass on it oh um yeah yeah he's worked it's, with our uh, he's worked with our friends in great peacock, great peacock. i was yeah, thinking the yeah, same thing for turner sure. <laughs> for sure yeah. uh, i don't want to get away from neil casal why don't you tell us no. about working with neil oh man i mean oof. it's it's you know I loved working with him. We did a, a aside from the, uh, the the Bob Dylan in the '80s tribute record, um, which is an interesting story because his track didn't make it on the physical album. It's it's a B side. It was a bonus track. Um, don't need to go into that, but uh, that was uh, that was an interesting episode between Neil and I. But we uh, sh- showed his grace through that because when you're making a tribute album like so large, and we only had you know you're make- at the time we were making a CD, only have 80 minutes to fill, and I actually we we overshot it. Um, we had more than 80 minutes of music, you know, some things can only a few things can make it on the physical, but fortunately it's like, that doesn't really matter. Well, we're we're so happy to all... air it on this episode. If you want. Yes. Oh, please play the track. Yes. man. I'd love, I'd love for that track to be played and it deserves attention and, and the love that, uh, you know, and Seth being yeah. a Jew for Jesus, you gotta like that. And a ditto. <laughs> right on. Two Jews for Jesus. Start a team. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, I also did another thing with Neil. We did a, I put on a Little Feet tribute concert um, at Brooklyn Bowl. Oh, that's sum, you. Summer, oh. summer of 2017. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, and Neil Neil uh, performed at it and was just incredible. And uh, after he uh, you know passed, I, I I posted a video of of his performance of Sailing Shoes um, from that. I, I was actually with Neil the the day before he um, you know uh, yeah did did what he did uh and we had we actually rode we were at lock-in and we rode in the van together as we left the festival oh wow uh, oh yeah remember night. You so i remember uh yeah i posted that. something about it yeah so no, I, you I, couldn't uh, tell I, right either there was no but did he seem happy he did yeah he seemed perfectly normal and uh just such a sweet guy mm-hmm. really like yeah uh, the thing that's kind of it was hard and a little eerie for me and still i have a hard time reckoning with and going back to mad dogs we talked about the mad dogs project and he was at the show and he um he told me he was like i really want to see your movie and i had a rough cut that i was gonna send him you know privately and i wrote a note to myself like on monday uh or tuesday to send it to him and then got the news and i just couldn't couldn't believe it you know just like everyone else just dumbfounded by it um but at the end of the day we don't need to go down the road of why but who he was as a person is all that really matters and he was just an incredible guy and an, an incredible talent and yeah definitely play the property of jesus i uh you know it's on spotify um bob dylan in the 80s aka shitty dylan <laughs> some say some say well that was actually the original name of the album rob uh, that's what <laughs> yeah bob would have loved that yeah well his manager jeff rosen told me that they would support the record if we didn't call it that. so <laughs> we changed we changed the name well let me ask you this when you're doing a record like that how often do you are, you're not producing every track right sometimes you're being sent tracks right yeah basically it's like a it's a little bit of a hodgepodge i mean like you could say i'm producing it because you know a we're picking the artists and b we're working if we know we can't record them in the studio we are working with them on song selection um, sometimes even on direction and stuff like that. Like you try to produce it as much as you can f- remotely and then whatever they deliver you, they deliver you. Um, I mean, for example, the built to spill track on that record, Joker, man. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell Doug March what to do. He's a freaking genius. <laughs> uh, but he sent me the track and it kind of sounded like garbage. Uh, I mean, not, not like we're playing wise. They sounded amazing, but like he sent me like a mix and it was just like it it wasn't linking up to what was going on on our record and so then it's like how do you coax him to send you the stem so you can remix it and he agreed to let us do that i remixed that track and it opened up it sounded like the rest of the record um and then like reggie watts for example reggie sent me um 
at like an eight minute version of, of Brownsville Girl, <laughs> which we should probably release at some point. But we were like, we need to use all like we need to use this track, but we can't use all of it. We have to edit it down somehow. Um, and so like we worked with them on how to remix it and stuff like that. So it's it's everything's a different situation and scenario. As long as you leave the Gregory Peck line in, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's there. <laughs> uh, all right, Seth, should I tell my quick little story? Uh, how quick? Because I've got some notes. Okay. Uh, just just over 13 years ago, I went up north <clears throat> to see some Surprise Me Mr. Davis shows. I love, love, love Surprise. I love The Slip, love Nathan, everything. Go to my first show, uh, get in there early, and a band walks on stage. And, you know, when you're that excited, when you're driven from Georgia and you're all fired up to see an act, you're not as conducive as you may normally be to an opening act. But the low anthem walked out on stage and absolutely captivated me and blew me away and i've been a fan ever since and i was uh, I'm, I'm really glad to find out that you're part of that beautiful sound that they have released on in, in the studio ben miller is his name right he's the main principal correct. songwriter right correct yep and when i first yeah. saw him josie was still with him who i don't think is yep. with them anymore jossie jossie excuse me no it's fine uh arc iris is the name of her current band okay that they were the first band that i ever worked with outside of my own music um they uh, they uh, ben and jeff prostowski who uh, formed the low anthem and providence rhode island uh, went to college with my sister and i got to know them through her and um we were just you know, i was in recording school at nyu and they knew that i could kind of figure out how to record them over a winter at block island rhode island at ben's parents summer home uh, we, I got a bunch of gear, we put it on a boat, we, <laughs> on, on, on the ferry, we, and it was like basically 10 to 20 degrees below zero the whole time we were there. It's about two weeks. I was hopped up on Adderall for two weeks <laughs> and we came back to the mainland with an album called, Oh My God, Charlie Darwin. And that's that. Here's, uh, here's the amazing thing to me though. And Seth and I talk about this on the show a lot. Um, are you going to kill mommy? No, no, no. Okay. We, we, we talk about, we talk about <laughs> oh, using, yeah. using modern technology to, to uh, arrive at an old-time sound. And this is you at a young age working on one of your favorite, on your first projects, and you're already mm -hmm. finding ways to do this? Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I think in a way, like I've thought about that, I think so much of that is just dictated based on the music that you love and listen to. And so much of what I listen to is old music and so you use those digital means to figure out how to make a a sound that sounds like that but it's going to be inherently modern because you're using modern technology and you're living in the now so i think it's just that confluence of those two things can sometimes provide uh, uh, create unique you know circumstances and creations and i think that was the low anthem you know in a nutshell i mean that record as live as it sounds was a complete and total chop piece. That's... I edited the fuck out of that wow. record. Um, I think a less so with the next record, Smart Flesh, uh, which was recorded in a very large po abandoned pasta sauce factory <laughs> in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, uh, also in winter, uh, even colder because we had to turn off any sort of heat in that large factory we were freezing our asses off the whole time probably the worst recording experience i've ever had in my life uh but we don't need to go down that road but the pizza was um, delicious <laughs> who's the making of the sauce <laughs> we actually had a we were sponsored by a local providence pizzeria called nice slice so i think the only things we ate for that month was pizza and we only drank jim beam whiskey it was disgusting we were not perfect lesson on what not to do in recording how to not eat you know Eat, like eating healthily and uh you know not and drinking too much alcohol it was definitely a mess but uh people love that record too you know um, it's an interesting record do you think across across your work that how you accent percussion and your creativity and selection of keyboards are two of your signature mm -hmm. things wow. welcome to rob Jeez turner Louise. Uh, hey rob um i i do have a very serious affinity for keyboard overdubs i i uh I, I wouldn't say if i personally had to highlight something that i you know take pride in i take a lot of pride in vocal work like a lot 
spending a lot of time on getting that right, doing really weird, subtle things that you might not notice. Um, and I love drum sounds too. Yeah, I guess oh, percussion no. highlighting is, yeah, that's a biggie. Um, arranging that sort of stuff, figuring out the right things. I've got a crazy collection of percussions in my apartment. Uh, I've done a lot of traveling, fortunately, in my, my young years around the world to countries that have a very uh, strong element of you know percussion and rhythm in their culture. Um, came back from Ethiopia uh, in the fall was uh and i got a bunch of brazilian percussions here too that i picked up when i was there several years ago um yeah yeah rob <laughs> i'll take it do, do you find that your focus on vocals that you'll see bands after they work with you focusing more on their vocals than maybe they had without being specific you don't have to be specific that maybe that a producer can really help a band focus on their vocals whereas they might have been more casual about it before I don't know if it's that I would just say like mostly like I know I've done my job but like if I either do a comp or an edit or a mix and the and the singer doesn't give me a lot of notes about vocals like they've like oh you've got it you know yeah you figured out my best performance and you've gotten that energy out of what, what's on record like that to me is like my success on it and then hopefully I get to work with them again uh, but you know that that doesn't always pan out sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't um, but yeah, for me, it's usually like, oh, if I'm not getting a crap ton of notes about, you know, vocals and reworking vocals, then I've, I've done my job. Well, I think we've done our job here, Seth. Um, well, I got a couple quick questions for you. Uh, before, we, before I dive into my final questions, I want to know, um, you mentioned what you're working on, but are you still busy with bands? Are bands still contacting you right now? I mean, you can work from home, but are bands able to afford or are they even playing around with stuff or are they just the waiting thing that's keeping me the busiest aside from the mad dogs and englishman film is i've actually like I, I said before that i'm mixing a bunch of live releases for tedeschi trucks and that is that has been awesome i mean like getting to work with that band like now not only on the film side but on the audio side is just like it's a total godsend for me i i love working with them my taste and their tastes are completely in line. Like every song that they cover is like, yes, 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 yes. I love their original material and I just love them as people. Um, so working yeah. on their live shows is just a thrill for me. And it's just been a lot of that. And I honestly, like if I can just keep that going, you know, I'm feeling good. And um, I, I haven't worked on any like studio projects since quarantine. Um, but you know, I, I recently finished uh, an EP for an artist. Uh, goes by Joshua and the Holy Rollers. His name is Mac Hansen. He's actually the youngest Hansen brother, and he's freaking awesome. I, I, you guys should totally play one of his tracks if you can. I, I, I'll send you some of it. Send it to us. We can play. I, yeah, I saw him yeah. play with Bob Weir in Wetlands '99. You saw you saw Hanson play with Bob Weir, right? Isn't wasn't Scott? he the drummer, the young one? No, oh, no, he's no, even no. younger. He's, he's the youngest Hanson. Oh, I didn't know there was a fourth. No, there's like eight. Oh my God, those <laughs> parents must really like each other. Yeah, for sure. There's it's a big family. He's like <laughs> he's like the funniest guy in the universe and the sweetest. And he's got like his voice is out of control. It's it's like imagine like the Black Crows like now, but like a like a cool like he. Uh, you know what discover him yourself figure out like i'm not gonna do the meets thing he's like uh, you know he's not so-and-so meets so-and-so he's his own <laughs> thing he's he's uh one of my favorite artists i've ever worked with so i've been working on on records for him uh and and uh yeah you know it's just whatever rolls in it's interesting like how you keep yourself occupied uh in this time um taking on some odd jobs and things like that but you know I don't need to go there. Well, you mentioned you mentioned uh, uh, working with you know Tedeschi Trucks Band and and how good people they are. I mean, I, if you're going to say that, I got to mention Blake Butney. He's one of the kindest, most uh, real uh, managers I've ever I'm met. Putting, Just a great putting dude. Both so. of my fists in the air for that. For Blake, for Wayne Forte, the band's agent. I mean, these are guys who Wayne. Yeah, Wayne's been been at, taking. Care and of while we're talking years. about those these people, though, I want to jump in and say there's one collaboration that's long overdue. Tedeschi Trucks. David Bromberg should open and sit in with Tedeschi Trucks. Why oh, has yeah. that not happened already? I don't know. That, but I guess they have a lot of musicians. They've well, had so many great, great uh, collaborations. But David Bromberg, come on. It noted and uh you know i can ask thank you uh, <laughs> now 
I want to I want to close by asking you a couple personal questions now. Oh, uh, I want first off, I want to compliment your Facebook profile photo. I think it's fantastic, amazing, uh, just just phenomenal. But thanks, so. It doesn't have you wearing your signature hat. Now, tell us a story about your signature hat. Mm. If anyone sees Jesse out there, he's always wearing a signature hat. What's the story behind the What's hat? What's the story behind the hat? I started wearing hats because, I mean. Fuck, I'm like a 33-year-old dude who wears hats and smokes cigars. I don't know. I've always just felt like I've had this affinity for 20s, 30s, 40s culture, as well as 60s, 70s. You know, anything before I was born, right? Pre-Reagan. Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) Pre-Reagan? Weird. (laughs) Um, I started wearing hats because my grandfather... He would wear hats, not like total Stetson style when I was when he was kicking it with me, but he had some that he had bought in like the fifties and sixties uh, from a place called Lock and Company in London, uh, which I've since visited, an amazing hat store. And he just had them sitting in boxes, and he gave them to me. So the first hats that I wore were my grandfather's, uh, Bob Lauder, and then I just started freaking became obsessed with them sort of buying a bunch of hats but yeah i've been wearing a newsboy recently because my hair has grown so long that i can't wear my hats anymore and also like whatever you know i wear baseball hats too uh, always i basically have always worn hats i was like wearing baseball hats as a kid you know just the thing so uh last question we've been asking all our guests this yep. in quarantine uh it's a it's a time that everyone's home and we're just curious what's your go-to dish what are you cooking what's what are you doing what is my what's your go-to, go-to dish um i have i mean i'm not the greatest chef by any means like i i um i'm trying to get better uh, I just don't have the patience at the moment, or even like sometimes it doesn't even feel like I have the time. You, but I do a lot of the, get the patience to edit. Though. Yeah, <laughs> it's, sure. that yeah. is a good point. It's interesting, yeah. that, you know, editing is such a meticulous thing, and you have incredible for patience. Me, that's well, well, that's where my energy is right, towards. Right. It's like I'm working all day from the computer. It's like now I have to drive my energy towards cooking. <laughs> you know, whatever. That being said, I do. Last night I actually seared some scallops, and mm. they came out really well. Um, I, I, I'm a pasta guy. Actually, you know, here's my go-to. I've been, I've been, uh, doing this sort of baked salmon. I, it's a really simple recipe that my mom taught me. Uh, do you guys know soy vey teriyaki? Uh, sure. Yeah, it just be, me- looks like, it looks very Jewish. It looks Jewish, <laughs> but it's fucking delicious. Soy vey. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, um, it's kosher. It's like a kosher teriyaki sauce with sesame seeds and uh, you can get it at any gr- grocery store and you marinate salmon in that, bake it at 400 degrees uh, for 25 minutes, uh, I put tomatoes on it, and it's really, really good. And uh, yeah, put a side of kimchi or something like well, that, you know, or some spinach. You're a good man, that. even with that bad experience in the in the pasta factor. You still you still like pasta? Oh, dude, God, come on. How, yeah. Well, some how can I? There was no pasta at the pasta sauce. It was an abandoned pasta sauce factory. It was Buddy Cianci. You know who Buddy Cianci is? Recognize the name. He was the uh, mayor of Providence, the mob mayor of Providence, Rhode Island. It was it was uh. his pasta sauce factory oh. that that got shut down when he got arrested by the FBI. So in other words, there was no pasta, but there's a lot of bones. Oh yeah, for sure. We were trying to, we were definitely trying to find <laughs> that, and it was very dark uh. in the basement. So you know, <laughs> the lights go out, and the drummer's like playing, and it's like, can you can you lay off the sticks a little bit? He's like, what are you talking about? Oh! <laughs> he's got bones in his hands. Well, hey, listen, man. Thanks so much for making the time. You're a busy guy. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Hold on. Let's call my mom. What's the easiest way to find your dance parties when they're happening and and when to go to them? Tell the the people again. Saturdays. Saturdays. uh, uh, Six o'clock Eastern is when we've been starting. It goes till midnight. Uh, Quarantrain.live. Q-U-A-R-A-N-T-R-A-I-N. Dot live. And yeah, all the info's there. You get the like if you go to that link, the Zoom link's on there, and the high quality audio is up on there as well. You think you can squeeze another record out of those surprising Mr. Davis turkeys or what? I, I've I produced one. I've been sitting on it for ten years. Hasn't been released. That sounds about right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I actually, when this all began, I'm, you know what? Fuck them. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out. Bring there. it. I, I, yeah, I, I texted with Brad, Nathan, Kevin Calibro about like now's the time, right? Everyone's really, right, everyone wants yeah. content. I've been sitting on a surprising Mr. Davis album that I produced ten years ago, 
and it wasn't it wasn't released because it's not good it's fucking great i'm sure it um, is yeah it wasn't released because a it's surprising mr davis and it's like that's a part of the whole ethos of them it's like we're a band but we're not a band uh we're gonna record mm-hmm. an album and never release it but also uh, i think we were like prevented from releasing it because the bar brothers formed like right as we finished it mm-hmm. and their label yeah. was like yeah you can't do this as well so there was some of that but now we can uh so we might as well so maybe who knows when we get out of this well brad brad Barr is a huge huge uh, listener and supporter of inside out wtns mostly the t not so much the s but brad come on get with the program we want to listen brad it's your friend jesse here um it's time it's time. Let's unleash the Davis, folks. If you want, if you want a, uh, this to be released, go ahead and email us, and we will forward all the, your emails to. I'll Brad just Ball. say this: I'm not the only one who thinks this. I've been a fan of the Slip for a long, long time, and I love them. But man, they, they it can be frustrating being a fan of theirs. It really can. But God bless them. I love them. I love them. <laughs> that's that's. They were the first jam band I uh, I discovered. That was the that was my. I mean, other than like Fish, uh, you know, Dead, but like, like you know, Foxtrot, Zulu, Ulu, all that. It was. I the see slip. them. I see the slip as a jazz band that just some jam band fans have, uh, thankfully, have the ability to appreciate. I, I remember seeing Ulu at the Brandy House. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Was, remember the Brandy House? Ra- radio. Ra- yeah, well, see, radio they, broadcast, right? Oh yeah. When they played the Brandy House, uh, before they played the Brandy House, they were in Tallahassee for my Purim party. <laughs> what? Yeah, I had them play the Purim party. I have a recording of it. I got to find that. It was really good. Radio, radio, whatever happened to Jeff Dunham? Uh, they turtled and went down to Florida and sold stuff on eBay or something. Hmm. I don't know. Man, I listened, what was it, Sunday night? I listened to them every I don't know. They left on me. Uh, no, the, you yeah. know, I was supposed to get paid a lot more money than I did, but uh, whatever. Did you work for Jeff Dunham? Yeah, yeah, it was... It was an odd time. It'll be in my book. You know, the wife was always suspicious of me, even though I was like their biggest supporter and hustled more for them than anyone. The wife was like relentlessly suspicious of me. The wife who, let's be real, she was terrible on the radio. And she was, she would, and he would have her make professional calls and she would piss people off. It was just like, it was one of the most ridiculous, insane, annoying things I've ever dealt with. But you'll read my book. It'll be out in a few years. I just tell us about your time with relics, Rob. No, relics is much I better. Ju- I just I just remembered that I made a documentary in high school about jam bands. I I, I think, and I interviewed Jeff huh. Jeff for it. Um, he was like my feature interview. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that must have been a big one. <laughs> I gotta find. It's got to be somewhere. It's, it's on a VHS tape somewhere. Jeff Dunham was your you feature interview. That was your headline. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think part of me was also like I had a I had a my 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 high school jam band. Like we we were uh, we were really active. We played the Brandy House a lot. Uh, we were called the Nevada Gaming Commission. Oh. Our our claim to fame is that our drummer, a dear friend of mine, still uh, Dan Platzman, is now the drummer of Imagine Dragons. Oh my gosh! Uh, oh wow! Yeah. That's awesome! Yeah. Um, and actually, Parker Smith, who was the other guitarist, he's a local. Yeah, yeah Parker. Yeah, Parker. So my Parker uh, was an intern of mine. Rob. Parker's you know a great Parker. guy. I love he Parker. Also, he's done such a great job musician. developing um, the guitar shed, which is. Uh, and my son learns ukulele through one of through the school, and they're doing the the video lessons stuff. But he's it's such he's done such a great job, and he's he he too is another one of those just really. Great Let's not gloss kids. over that guitar shed, Kirkwood section of Atlanta. I think it's on Hosea. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jesse. Yeah, no, I God, yeah, Parker. Um, I haven't talked to Parker in a while, but I mean, yeah, it was, that was our band. It was me, Parker Smith, a uh, great musician named John Kingsley, who plays in a band called the Bravel. I think that's the name of it. They actually have like a little thing going on, Nashville based. But yeah, and Dan, uh, p- piano player named Jonathan Rosenblatt, and uh, yeah, we were in Atlanta shitty jam band that had song titles like "Would You Like to Touch My Jesus." Whoa. Yeah, I'll uh, graze yeah, yeah. it. I'll graze it. How's and that? It's, and it's and it's funny. We I uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but like last time I pulled it up, I was like, oh yeah, we're just like trying to make all of our songs sound like Tweezer. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> was like all all fish knockoffs. Was there a Jesus yeah. reprise? The second coming? Yeah, yeah G prize. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right. Well, thanks so much, man. Enjoy of course, uh, guys. what's left of your Mother's Day. Yeah, and... Absolutely. And thanks for having Keep me. Keep up the great work. Put it out for the world to see.
on, Seth. I want to hang out with Jesse. When this stuff is over, I want to hang out with him again. That's again, you forgot. You forgot you hung out with him. You forgot the time we were at Lockin and it was pouring rain. I had the RV, Jefferson Waffle, yourself, Matt Wilson. We all went into my RV and uh, cuddled up through that storm. I didn't forget. I just needed to be reminded. That's that's a big difference. Potted. Whatever, dude. Whatever. That was the best setup. Do you remember the RV was right there behind the stage? That was so, so awesome. That was a good time. It was a good time. And you had a good time last night with your variety show. I, I, I checked out a good bit of it. It was good to see Vinny from Mo. Um, pretty cool. Me, it was interesting. His, his, his uh, cooking segment was very different from Jeff Coffin and uh, Arshna's. Uh, yeah. Well, if you want more of Vinny's cooking, you got to go to Mo's YouTube page for In the Kitchen with Vinny. Uh, he's got a whole series. Uh, but yeah, and, and Jeff Coffin was uh, learning how to cook Indian rice with Chef Arshna uh, from Curry Jam. Uh, we also had a brand new track by the Motets, Lyle and Dave, that they... Um, Very pertinent track. Very appropriate to the times. Mm-hmm. Corn, and quarantine the fantasy. The fruition people there have your back once again. Uh, by the way, it's Kellen, not Killeen. I think I said Kellen in the beginning, didn't I? In yeah. the end, I said Kellen. I think his last Thanks name for- throws you off. It's it's because it, he has that weird Acebrook last name that you somehow conf- conflate the two. I don't know. It's Kellen. Uh, yeah, Kellen. It is. Listen, you're one to talk, man. You know. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for calling me out on it. You're the only one that's done that so far. Uh, Larry Kiel also does it's some on, fishing it's tips. It's on alternating Monday nights, not altering Monday nights. <laughs> 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 These are the altering Monday nights. <laughs> but. Alternating. Uh, and alternating. Larry Larry Keel did some fishing tips and um yeah and Jay uh, and his fiance Cobb from Fruition and uh, his fiance Megan he make makes her up. So you could say you could see the broadcast of this on Positive Legacy's YouTube page. You could also see it on uh, there's links all over on Facebook if you go to Positive Legacy, even our Inside Out WTNS page, which you should be friends with. If you're not, please do like our page. Why are we doing this series though? The series is raising money for Positive Legacy's COVID-19 Relief Fund, where we're helping those who make live music events happen. Uh, we've raised over $20,000 to date, helped over 60 musicians, oh, excuse me, 60 music crew. That's right, nice. crew. Uh, and we are continuing, Positive Legacy is continuing to take donations, increase the goal, and to help more and more crew each and every week. Yeah, they've already given out 15,000 and more and more and more is coming. 20,000. 20, oh, as 20? of today. Yes, as of oh, today, 20,000. That 000. is fantastic. And it is the, the uh, variety show is a fun watch. And Seth's going to let me join in some of the future antics. Uh, that he's still sorting all that out. So it's great to work with Positive Legacy. Really, really love and appreciate what they do. More now than ever, obviously. All right. Well, we well, got some great programming coming up. We do have that Billy Cobham interview eventually. So that's going to have me work on the Benny Bloom live episode that we did. We're Benny Bloom? Out. Benny Benny Bloom? We had you Oops. mean Burl? Benny Burl, right? <laughs> well, I had Benny Bloom on my mind because you just did something with him. I I haven't done anything with him. I just oh yeah, I did know that. You're right. He did the uh, he did the Passover Seder, uh, but I mentioned him at the end of the um, at the end of the uh, the uh, variety show. A dating game. It's not too late. If you're listening, you could sign up to be on the virtual dating game, a segment coming up on the variety show. The link is on positive legacies website. And of course their Facebook page. Well, we should do it. And I want to, I want to end real quick, Rob, by telling folks uh, if you're interested in making a donation and as Rob knows, any amount is, is acceptable. Anything, everything, every little bit helps. Uh, You can do so very easily. If you wanted to do it through Venmo, you could do it at, positive hyphen legacy uh that's again at positive hyphen legacy or uh go to positivelegacy.com and you'll see that uh where you could do that but rob you mentioned benny bloom is uh you know that i've been uh i've been playing my trumpet lately yes and you're gonna do a lesson that's what i was referring to i want to do a lesson but um you know benny's doing lessons but you know i'm i'm I'm, i've got no income right now so i can't afford a lesson but maybe uh maybe you, maybe some of our listeners maybe want to, you know, give me a lesson. If you do, sponsor my lesson. Birthday's give coming Give the money up. to Benny Bloom. Your birthday <laughs> is coming up. May 24th. I'll be I'm not going to say it. But Benny Bloom, you could just, you could, you could give Rob the money. You could 
at Shimoner Venmo. We'll give it to Benny Bloom. Sponsor me to play my trumpet lessons with Benny Bloom. I watched Jeff Coffin video Seth playing trumpet, and Jeff had a big smile on his face. It looked like he was having the time of his life. Kind of like the smile I had watching that variety show. Oh, thanks, Rob. And thanks for our listeners for listening this far into our episode. Once See again, please. Week. And Rob, if you're on iTunes, please do what? Write us a five-star review, please. Every little bit helps. We're not, we're not a big, massive show. We need help. We need any help we can get. If you like you know us, my m- if you like us, five-star review. If you don't like us, email us. Maybe we'll read it on the air. If, particularly if it's good, solid criticism that's funny, we just might read it on the air. My mother uh, tried doing a five-star review on on the old uh, iTunes, but um, I could not walk her through it. It was so painful. So we, we lost that review. Sorry. What did, what, what did some of that sound like? <clears throat> Let's see here. Dear iTunes, I just want you to know how proud we are of my son and his friend, Robert Turner. All right, that's enough. We'll see you next week, everybody. And I just want you to know uh-huh. how very bye, everybody. Live Louisiana on the rail line. Live Louisiana on the rail line.
Cause he has denied himself The things you can't live without Levered him behind his back Just like the others do Remind him of what he used to be When he comes walking through He's the property of Jesus Presenting him to the bone You've got something better Doesn't tell you jokes or fairy tales. 